We are The Table and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time and we wanna give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us and we hope that this message moves you forward. A day when everybody else is thinking, oh, happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, it's like, yeah, same. But somebody in here is experiencing that same kind of thing of like, well, what's so happy about the day? What's so happy about this? What's so happy about that? And, and there's something that I need us to understand on today. Because as a mother, for all of you who are in the room, who take on full responsibility to lead and guide your families, as even the mothers before you did, there's a promise that God makes to us. There's a promise that God makes to you in Psalm 119 and verse number 90. The psalmist, in reflection of feeling like everything has to stick together all the time, there's this aha moment that he has. And it simply says this, that your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. See, God makes this unconditional promise about his faithfulness. He's faithful toward people. His faithfulness will endure from generation to generation. And get this, there isn't any more to it. It's that simple. The very thing that our moms experience, the very thing that our maternal figures experience, the very thing of our maternal instincts, you know that um, mom guilt? That mom guilt that says, I shoulda, coulda, woulda, still can. It's not too late. Can I do it for him? You know, that thing that has this desire to always want to do everything for your offspring forever. You know that thing that wakes you out of your sleep? That thing that keeps you up at night? That thing that you wish you had more of when our own moms and grandmas go on to be with the Lord in glory? See, God gives us an out. He gives us an out in this promise that it is not your responsibility to create eternity, for he already has. And we have to be able to reflect, mothers, you have to be able to reflect and understand that it isn't your role to save those around you. I know I'm probably making some of y'all cringe. Some of you are getting antsy because it's in, inside of you when someone you love isn't doing what you hoped they would. When someone you love isn't where they're supposed to be and they're putting themselves in danger or they're settling for less. You, you have this motherly instinct that says, come here, baby, let mama take care of you. That instinct that says, fine, I'll just, I'll just do it. 
I'll just do it myself. I'll just figure it out. Some of y'all in here got like three, four college degrees by now because you done did all your kids' homework. <laughs> and I know you did. Don't tell me you didn't. You know how I know? Because when I make my kid do their own science project, I show up to the school. And the science project my kid is going up against got daddy engineer and Dr. Mama name written all over it. You know how else I know? Because the kid don't even know how to work it. And the mama and daddy is there saying, see, see, remember Johnny, you got to push this button and flip this switch. I done seen you in the pumpkin carving contest. When my kids decided to do something that's manageable for a 10-year-old, and yours got bells and whistles and lights and motion pieces and 3D projections on the wall. You've been doing your kids' homework for too long. Why? Because you want them to simply be the best. If you could, you would go to the party with them and pick out the person they dance with. If it was up to you, you would be right there on the hip, making sure that every decision they made, every decision that they made, that you had a hand in it. I'm not knocking you, it's your motherly instinct. It's the nurturer in you that makes you want to not only think you're right, but know you're right. But what is your role? What is our role in continuing the faith beyond generations? Because I think it's safe to say we do things that we want to pour into the next generation. Is that, is that fair to say? You intentionally do things. You intentionally sit down with all the pictures and talk about other family members. You intentionally uh, uh, go to certain places and teach them certain words or share with them your favorite songs from decades and decades before them because you intentionally want to pass on something. But we have to figure out what is our role. God makes it clear in Psalms 3 and 8 that he is the one who saves. He is the one who saves. Somebody needs to hear that in this room because you need to reconcile this thought with what you want for your family. Mother in the room, it is not your job to save them. See, I, I know this is a different Mother's Day message than maybe what you were intending. Maybe you thought I would have pom-poms and sing a mom song. But I need you to understand that God is the one who saves, yet we are told to go out and be his witness. 
In Matthew 28 and 18, this is where we read about the Great Commission. It says, tells us to do what? Go and do what? Make disciples. That includes your kids. Before you can go across the world, before you can give all your time to charity, before you can change the state or the neighborhood, there's discipleship making that has to happen under your roof. There's a responsibility of disciple making right in our homes. Oh, y'all are really quiet. See, we have to understand, God is the one who saves. We are the witnesses. God will be faithful to all the generations. Yet the parents, the mother, are commanded to instruct their children about God. There's a responsibility that we have to the community, to our house, to the culture. But before it can get external, y'all, it has to start here, inside. You know why we have those days? Do you guys know why we changed and had the kids start to come into service at the end of service? Does anybody know why we did that? Not you, Pastor Jeannie. I know you know why. The reason that we did that because we believe it is important for your children to see you pray, to see you worship. It is important for your children to know that the very things that they're being taught in their classrooms are the very things you're being taught in here. So that where it's uncomfortable for you maybe to go home and have a Bible study with your seven-year-old, at least they get to see mom and dad praising God. It's important that they see other adults doing the things that we're teaching to them. See, the thing about it is we must learn that we have to trust in the promises of God that he is faithful to all generations, and while faithfully obeying God and teaching our children about him. But mothers, I got to tell you three things. And I'm really bad at this part, and I'll tell you why. I ask my family all the time, I say, okay, I got good news, and I got bad news. And you know what they tell me? You got the worst good news ever. So just tell me the bad news. <laughs> because I can't never seem to balance the two out. <laughs> so, I'm gonna, so I decided to change it for the purposes of this message. The bad news is, mothers, you will make a lot of mistakes. You have likely made some mistakes. All those in the room who are not mothers, face the facts, mommy has likely made some mistakes. So if you're 16 and hear pouting and been pouting thinking, oh, she drives me nuts. She never knows what she's talking about. Here's my advice. Keep it to yourself. 
<laughs> go sit down somewhere because nobody feels worse about their mistake than mom likely does. Husbands, you definitely keep it to yourself. <laughs> and you go sit down somewhere and you realize no one feels worse about the mistake than she. Oh, but I got good news. And this is real, like the real good news though. Not like the not boring good news that they accuse me of having. Your worst mistake can double as your greatest opportunity. You have to understand that the problem is not our mistakes. The problem is oftentimes that when you make mistakes, you're so down on yourself about the mistake, you start from that moment forward guilt tripping, trying to fix that mistake for the rest of your life. There are conversations that I have with my mother today. And I got to a point where I said, Ma, stop guilt tripping. I wasn't even born. No, seriously. Seriously, my wife can attest to this. There are conversations that will be had at the Thanksgiving table or around the holiday, and people are going, and you can just feel the pressure and the guilt in the room between generations of women. And I'm like, hello, I wasn't even born. So how is it that for generations and generations, we continue to carry such guilt? Mothers in the room, I got to release you of your maternal guilt on today. All of you, I don't know, I, I just, this is, this is what I'm praying through this. I'm like, Lord, what is it that our mothers need to hear? See, I got some strong mothers. Some solid mothers, and all I keep hearing the Holy Spirit say is this is a place where families will be healed and families will be reconciled. But it starts with the forgiveness of self. I don't know the details of your situation. I don't know the, the details of, of your marriages or how you, you raised your kids or raised your grandkids or struggles that you've had. I don't know any of that. All I can do is speak to you, the collective you. And trust that the Holy Spirit is telling you exactly what it is for you. See, this is a guilt that gets carried on and carried on. And so maternal mistakes turn into a life striving to fix something that you don't even have any control over. You got to let that go. Jesus went to the cross for shame and guilt, sin. These are things that we can give to him so that our load is lightened. We have to understand that on days like this, we can celebrate and we can give flowers and we can go out for steak. But let us not miss the opportunity, y'all, to dig in to the very things 
that have had a stranglehold on us and a stranglehold on the futures of our families. Now, that's the good news, that your worst mistakes can be opportunities because you can use words like please and sorry and thanks. You know, that goes both ways, right? As a mom, it's okay to say please and thank you and sorry. That's an expectation you have. It's okay to do the same thing. Release yourself from some of those things that bog you down. And I got great news that the prayers cover a multitude of sins. Why is that important? Because if there's something you want to pass down, pass down the gift of prayer. If there's something that you want to share with people, pass down the gift of prayer. Don't do it because somebody sees you, but allow yourself to get to a point where those things that are part of your mommy intuition that you probably write about but can't do nothing about, learn to pray about those things. Learn to be disciplined in your prayers because the fact is you have to continue legacy or you got to start a new one, but either way, the gospel has to go on. I want to encourage you on this Mother's Day. We talk about the Great Commission. We always talk about that word so outwardly. But can I challenge you to think about it today? A part of your responsibility is to make disciples out of your own children. To make disciples out of your own households. Not to save them, but to give them examples as part of your legacy to continue in their relationship and in their faith. In a letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 1 and 5, the Apostle Paul talks to Timothy, who's going to be the next, he's the next immersion leader to carry on this missionary journey of talking to churches, directing churches, et cetera, et cetera. He's another one of those. He's the next in line to go and spread the gospel and good news. And in 2 Timothy 1 and 5, the Apostle Paul recognizes in Timothy that he is the third generation of faithfulness to God. He tells him that it is his mother and his grandmother, his mother Lois and his grand, I'm sorry, his grandmother Lois, and then his mother Eunice, and now the same faithfulness to God resides in him. So either you come from a legacy of prayer and faithfulness, or can I encourage you today, maybe you're the start of one. Maybe by you making a commitment to your faithfulness, to lean into God's faithfulness, just maybe the great-grandchild that you will never see will be the next great man and woman of God to change what will be the world when it's their turn. Could it be that your faithfulness today will begin to plant seeds that will grow and go beyond a world you may never live to see? See, we're talking about legacy. Worst case scenario, you pour into their eternal legacy 
because they work out their faithfulness because of your example. Or you pour into their lasting legacy because of the way that they live and the way that they impact. See, I know, I know, I get it. Today is about you. It's about you and your chocolate and your tulips. (laughs) But with your chocolate and with your tulips, I'm going to hand you this other gift. That you have an opportunity not just to birth children into the world, but to guide them. Because every person on the planet has the desire and the need to seek nurturing. The toughest person in the room, I guarantee you, when they need nurturing and they need comfort and they need advice, I'm telling you what they're looking for. Motherly instinct. Motherly compassion. And motherly love. Everybody. It's impossible not to. We are seeking that. So if we take seriously that everybody is going to seek that, then we also have to know that it is our responsibility. Mothers, it is your responsibility. Mother figures, maternal figures, it is your responsibility. You have the opportunity to deposit and make deposit into people who are searching, but you can only withdraw what was deposited. So we're going to talk about legacy. And we're going to talk about matriarchs. And we're going to talk about maternity. Then you have to understand, you have deposits to make. And as you make those deposits, as life withdraws, you will make deposits that can actually last. Because I'm not going to be in your business, but I, I, I would imagine one or two people in this room tried to make a withdrawal. And there was no money in the account. Okay, just me. It ain't nothing worse than swiping that car. And they say... I'm sorry, sir, but your car has been declined. And I'm like, would you be quiet? You ain't got to tell everybody. Because you can't take out what you have not put in. In 2 Timothy, we continued in in that first chapter, around the 14th verse, it talks about the deposits, the good deposits that were made by Timothy's family and what's going into him. But what's more important See, we think all of a sudden when it comes to legacy, we always talk about finances. Well, did they leave you the house? Well, did they have any accounts? Do you got to pay any debts? Do you got to go through this? Do you have to go through that? You got to go to court. Everybody want to know what was left behind. But what if we took just as seriously the spiritual deposits that we make? What if we took just as seriously and we thought of it the same way? Well, if I make a deposit, can it grow? Can it intermittently grow? 
Can it exponentially grow? Can there be interest on top of what I put in? Because I'm consistent in doing that. Because when we settle for just our things, and we make it all financial after our time is up, because time waits for no man. Time waits for no person. So if we took that seriously, our faith deposits as we did our financial ones. Perhaps reading the Bible is an example of a deposit. Reading the Bible increases the volume of God's voice. Studying the Bible increases the clarity of God's voice. Committing to prayer initiates the conversation with God's voice. If you just took those three things and modeled those for your families, what kind of impact could you have? What kind of impact do you contribute to the legacy? What kind of impact do you make on your families? Today, I want you to be thinking longer term in your faith. I want you to remember the promises of God. The promise of God which says he is faithful through all of eternity and from generation to generation. See, I know that it's important that you teach your daughters how to sew or that you teach your sons, I don't know, the family Christmas story, I don't know. Those things are important and they do create lots of memories. But what if we focused just as much on the legacy of faith? Could it be that the reason that we don't see the faithfulness today in 2023 is what we might have felt like we saw generations earlier? If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, Head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.